Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast. This is a special episode as it's part of the Summer of CPD podcast series. Today, we're talking about things you should consider when setting your budget and monitoring your expenditure. We talk about what needs to stay the same, what needs to be different and for who, and how we can make sure we're adaptable enough to deal with change. Let's dive in. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Marcus Pidel and Sean Clark. Marcus is the SBS online supervisor and is responsible for the daily management of the SBS online service delivery and cloud-based software. His job is to ensure that SBS customers receive a top-notch service and is the first put of call for finance-related customer inquiries. Sean is the senior SBS online consultant and is one of the lead contacts for the department responsible for delivering customer training days, technical support, software development testing, and account management. Marcus and Sean are joining me today to talk about things to consider when setting your budget and monitoring your finances. Welcome, Marcus and Sean. Hi, okay. So we're going in the deep end with this one, aren't we? We are taking on finance. Uh, For many, you know, um, an expert area who are school business leaders and for others, an area of some concern and anxiety. So let's go in the deep end with budgeting. Where do we start with budgeting? Well, <laughs> it's a it's a very broad subject, isn't it? But um, yes. if, you know, for that reason, it, in my experience, it's very easy to get get overwhelmed with it. Mm-hmm. You know, when it gets to that time of the year, uh, whether you're a maintained school or, or an academy, it, it kind of feels like a mountain before you sort of bite into it. But my my general advice is just to keep it simple. Really, start with the knowns. You know, if you have a good forecasting tool, plan for your what what you expect your known revenue income to be. Uh, and then look at all your your fixed costs. So whether that be your your staffing, your your non-staffing contracts, and then you kind of have a better idea of what you've you've got left to play with. Do you believe in profiling expenditure and income? A hundred percent. I believe in um, in the sector as uh, school business leaders are starting to come from a broader range, but a lot of uh, accounting backgrounds. The stuff people are doing to to just really come with extremely accurate forecasts when they've you know they've they've profiled their whole budget. They know when they're going to receive grants, um, so they you know they don't panic at certain times of the year if if they look like they're tracking behind where they should be, because uh, they know that they've you know they've got a big big payment coming, or or the opposite to be true to not get complacent when it it looks like they've you know got a big surplus mid year. So so profiling, I think, just just pays wonders. Obviously, with staffing, you've got eighty percent of your costs approximately, haven't you? In terms of you know, you know exactly that's going to, they're going to be paid every month. But in terms of say twenty percent of your remaining income, you know, some of that will be less material, I suppose. So, is it worthwhile to do it, or do you advise maybe over a certain amount? I think the general rule is as well is to start off with a you know a rather cautious approach. If you're unsure where savings can be made, that that, that those kind of pay off maybe later towards the year. I know I know there's they're kind of phasing out the idea of having contingencies but having that that magic pot I think can can always pay yeah. wonders at, at at key times but definitely just having a having a strategy to you know reinvest certain grants like the people premium and just sort of sticking to that spending plan re- really helps when we are tracking our budget in terms of what's actually being spent versus what we thought we were going to spend have you got any suggestions in terms of you know what controls can be put in place and how to do that in a sensible way, because it's easy to either be overcautious or maybe overly optimistic. Yeah, well, you know, it's a constantly moving picture, right? Like even in normal years, whereas, you know, the, the last few years during the pandemic is it's just been, you know, I don't, in that sense, I don't envy the role. I don't know how you, 
you almost expected to do a three or five year plan at the moment when just over a year ago, the the DfE were, were recommending planning for NQTs starting off at 30,000. And, you know, 12 months later, they're talking about pay freezes. So it, it is very difficult. I think having a, a couple of scenarios is always useful. So when I when I speak to a lot of school business leaders, they've almost got that mind map in their in their head of you know if it takes this route, this is how we, you know, we can adjust the cost centres and 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 ensure that we we keep a surplus budget. Whereas the the, the controls definitely which come in, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head there with staffing being the lion's share of the expenditure. In my experience, the schools and, and academies who are actively monitoring their their payroll each month. For a start, they, they save themselves a massive headache when it comes to that budget planning time of the year. Because if they know in their plan marries off with what payroll are awarding, then they're, yeah, they're 80% of the way there. And then in terms of other controls, you know, whether it's your management account reports, um, budget monitoring, really comparing that profile of the plan against when, when the cash flow comes in and out, it, it just gives so much reassurance. It's very difficult. You're not always going to stick to your plan. But if you've gone off, you know why exactly. And, and you know, you can adjust is probably the key word there being adaptive i don't know if you would technically call it this or how many people do call it this but you know in terms of reforecasting you know Hmm. how often you could argue you do it every month when you're doing your budget monitoring and you might be you know have notes in the margin and say well i know this is where we're up to and we'll just you know move this here you know it used to be reforecasting environments i don't know i say some people do still use those terms what is your view of that should you officially reforecast should you do it as you go along uh, yeah 100 percent. when you talk about the environments yeah the allocated budget rather than the fixed this this is the stuff that that you know schools could really put their name to last year uh rather than what was agreed uh just just mm-hmm. before all the chaos so um as i said you've got to be adaptive you, you've got to constantly be reviewing it and and you know this has been reinforced now hasn't it by the the bfro you're almost thinking in the five well the seven twelfths and the five twelfths so it, yeah, to have a, a grasp on that, it, it's, it just gets rid of a huge headache. I always advise business managers as well to, like you say, look at that process and say, how accurate was it? You know, we started with a budget. This is what happened. If it was on track, great. It's reassuring. If it wasn't, why was that? And was it an unforeseen circumstance or was it because of a choice that we had to make and change course? Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've, being honest, I've not been a school business leader, so so maybe I'm slightly naive on the other side of the fence. But I expect those, those business leaders who have a strong team around them, because it, you know it's not just their responsibility at the end of the day when they're, they're dealing with other stakeholders in those departments who are who are spending. Then if they've got to be adaptable, so does the rest of the school. So I, I think having having the whole SLT on board uh, with the business leaders, it, it just makes a difference. I think using those reports to do that is helpful as well. I think I think some people look at a spreadsheet, don't they, or a finance report and just have a mind blank, you know, and it's yeah. actually how can we make it accessible to people? And I always say, especially <clears throat> the SLT, they are potentially head teachers of the future. <laughs> so how do we equip them with that knowledge and give them that information and the governors, I suppose, as well, in a way that is digestible, understandable, but is absolutely clear and transparent as well. Have you got any advice for business managers about opening that dialogue or presenting information in a particular way? I think definitely catering it to your audience. So, you know, you mentioned there the, the governors, not everybody is going to, uh, they're going to bring a wealth of expertise to education, but not everybody is from that financial background. Um, mm. So, so you know, maybe catering, sometimes, you know, the, the national frameworks of, of CFR, uh, the general annual grant, th- these aren't always the language the, the 
the other stakeholders thinking so maybe creating customized reports uh, yeah you know uh, having view only access to certain reports so that yeah. so that people can digest it beforehand uh, before the meetings you're right that tailoring it to the audience uh, is really useful to get to get their buy-in with the vocabulary it's not just about using all the various acronyms that we are so comfortable with <laughs> but you know a common vocabulary that the governors can understand and know what exactly what we're referring to mm. yeah definitely are there any changes on the horizon in terms of finance reporting and budgeting you know either from the dfe or the esfa what's coming next i think in terms in terms of the budget uh, the dfe for for academies and the, and the academy's chart of account you know, this definitely needs to be, be an area where everybody's on board with embracing that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the ideal goal is that this is going to be fully automated returns. So, you know, the budget software, w- w- which we support, we've, we had to sort of get ahead of the game and, and have a way to uh, implement the, the, this national structure. So so that way as well, um, you know, business leaders, they it's a, it's a relatively small world in that sector. A lot of the, the time people may leave a multi-academy trust and then start working at another one. So, if if by having that consistency in a chart of accounts, it it just helps everybody, I feel. No, I agree. You're comparing apples and apples mm. instead of apples and pears and strawberries and grapefruits and who knows what else. <laughs> but also benchmarking as well, because benchmarking is important. There's another podcast that I've recorded recently about benchmarking. And I think, like you say, you have to have consistency to know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, definitely. The fact business leaders are, are so good on systems is probably testament to that, that every school is so different that they they go they go to one place and they're having to almost start again and make make sense of what perhaps the the previous position opposed had had got in place so mm. um yeah benchmarking consistent chart of accounts across academies this should hopefully remove that that kind of headache any other tips on budgeting or finance monitoring i think between the the main controls uh, spending controls on on the staffing costs um and and reconciling against the finance system in in whatever your uh, platform your plan would be on and just seeing you know if they have gone off where you've gone off is, is probably uh, the way to keep it simple have you got any suggestions about where school business leaders could start if they are feeling that kind of spreadsheet analysis if you like they're looking at the figures and everything just goes blank you know anywhere they can go for any support or advice it, it seems to me that in in the sbl role um it can be quite quite a lonely isolated role sometimes so just like the work you're doing laura it seems like having these these forums where sbls can can kind of come together share expertise i know the twitter sphere is huge um yeah we, yeah, we get a lot, a lot of chat we love to get engaged with our, our partner schools over twitter so yeah, just reaching out really to colleagues in the other schools and just sharing best practice. As I said, not seeing it as a mountain, but just keeping it simple, starting with the knowns and sort of t- taking it one bite at a time will definitely be a way to get there with a, a successful plan. It's really good that you say that because when you're on your own in the role, it can feel like you're the only one that doesn't know anything. And either someone else will have been in your position or is in the same position, will be glad you've asked the question. There is no such thing as a stupid question. 100% not. Um, because because of that isolated role, we a lot of the time we we have you know, the SBL call in and, you know, we're happy to do it. But we're, at the end of the day, they know it. we're just a sounding board because they, they've, they've got no other human contact sometimes for those kind of conversations. So yeah. um, we can just sometimes get nearly halfway through the conversation and we've really um, provided very little advice and you know they've, they've just talked it through and that you know that that's great to see 
Well, we do like to talk, school business leaders. I think everyone listening will be laughing at that and going, yeah, we like <laughs> to talk. <laughs> it's nice that you are part of that, though, in terms of you are being there for them and giving them that outlet and that opportunity to use you as a sounding board. Yeah, we, we always enjoy it. You know, everybody needs that that human contact. Absolutely. And I think with the pandemic, it's even more so probably. Mm. A lot of us haven't seen another business manager face-to-face for quite a while. So it would be nice, I think, when we can all get together. <laughs> Have you seen anything talking of the pandemic that has you know changed or developed or you know something that you think is here to stay that wasn't here before in terms of finance systems or budgeting yeah i mean certainly i i found on the on the finance service desk in particular we're finding that a lot of the schools are changing over to, to backs obviously we've quite a few schools using the, the check method uh, of payment but mm. yeah there's definitely been an influx of schools asking for advice on how to change their finance system to for backs just you know working remotely not being in the school as often to, you know, to print off, print off the checks and send them out, doing all digitally remittances are all being sent out electronically now as well. So that's probably out of all of the questions we're being asked, um, as well as, you know, around the, you know, the pinch points of the year, such as LA submissions, year end and so on. The one that stands out by quite a way is, you know, how do I, how can I change my method of payment to backs? Because it's not just as simple as ticking a box. You know, it's uh, a lot of the systems are, per supplier and there's a lot of behind the scenes IT work that we have to get other you know our other services involved on um sometimes when it you know when it comes to IT but that's yeah that's definitely the number one that stood out by quite a way if anyone's listening and thinking yeah that's definitely on my list I've just not got around to it yet how long does it actually take to move to a backs process it doesn't take long at all as long as you've got the you know the, an email all, all set up ready to go you know where where the emails the remittances are going to be sent from you've got the bank account all in place all that all the bank information inputted on your finance system there might be a bit involvement with it you know with fms in particular FM, fms is probably the most common system we're getting asked that mm. and fms and rm two systems which are predominantly check based systems we're finding that those are the two systems that are being asked to switch over to backs. You just mentioned as well, pinch points for the year. Yeah. You know, what kind of queries are you getting from business managers um, and what advice would you give them to preempt some of these issues? I mean, yeah, I mean, with, uh, you know, especially with FMS in particular for the, for the maintained schools, it's quite, it's quite helpful there whereby, you know, it's just the checks that you have to do prior to the, you know, to the submission, um, so like FMS, that's quite a helpful tool, you know, system check tool, which goes through everything, making sure everything's approved, no invoices are left outstanding, no payments have been, you know, you know, no invoices have been are left there. Everything's everything's done and dusted. It doesn't you know, it doesn't make you go through it one by one, make you know, do it manually. It's all done for you and then it highlights what needs to be done, which I think the customer finds quite helpful. Other systems, it's a case of needle, you know, find out yeah, yourself. needle in the haystack <laughs> sort of thing. But you know, they they come to us for advice on, you know, any shortcuts they can take, you know, how can they cut a few corners to get that submission in place. And we obviously got a, low, a number of consultants that do that for, for schools as well. Um, but for the for the service desk, you know, for those little short two-minute queries, it's um, mostly to do with the, the system checks and stuff they can do themselves. So in terms of finance and budgeting, have you got any final tips or words of inspiration or motivation that you'd like to share before we finish <laughs> if, if i jump on I guess just em- embracing change uh, as we mentioned uh, it's a rapidly evolving landscape and 
the amount of new expertise flooding into education finance is is great to see. So just because it, that was the way it was done before doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the best way to do it going forward. So you know, renew your contracts, look at, at best value for the school, even if you're not a multi-academy trust, whether that's um, going out and buying as, as groups of schools in, in, in your local authorities. And as I mentioned, just look at updating, even before things are made mandatory, look at look at moving to to easy ways to benchmark and the as I said, the new chart of accounts. That's it. And you know, don't don't be scared of change and speak to other schools in the trust and see what they're doing. Because, you know, you you might be struggling, but another school in the trust or a neighbouring school in the LA might you know, you might have found a method, and that, that's why, as Sean just mentioned, the you know, Twitter sphere. You know, have a, you know, there's plenty of SBLs on there who are more than willing to give advice, as, as as are we. So, just use use the resources that you've got. You know, you're not on your own, and take as much support uh, as uh, and knowledge as, off of people as you can. Yeah, it, we say this all the time, and I I feel like sometimes I say it too much, and I think actually I don't because we all think, yeah, yeah, we will do. And then we're in a situation we feel afraid to, or we feel vulnerable. So I'm going to keep repeating it just in case I'm catching people at the right moment. If you are feeling that way and you do need some advice, please reach out. You know, we are a very collaborative group. 100%. Just keep sharing that best practice. It's lovely whenever I've been to what, you know, was the NASBAM, now the ISBUL events. It it just seems like that that great um, for anyone who's been, you know, a great forum for where everyone comes together and, and shares shares these ideas. If anyone's got any questions for you guys or need some support or advice with anything to do with finance or budgeting, where can they find you? Marcus, there's a... Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, myself, I can, you know, I can be contacted via LinkedIn, uh, Marcus Pedel, um, and obviously also via the website, all our contact details are on their schoolbusinessservices.co.uk. Those are my two main methods of uh, contact. Yeah, same same as Marcus. I'm I'm on all the sort of um, social media platforms, so whether that be Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and both of us in, in the department through uh, SBS Online. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed that. And I hope anyone listening picked up some useful tips. And if anything as well, reach out to us. We are here and you are not alone. Thanks for hosting thank us, you. Laura. Yeah, thank you, Laura. I hope this episode has given you food for thought. But if you're still sitting there and thinking, what? Then don't worry, I've got you covered. If you've got little or no experience of setting a budget, if you feel out of your depth when it comes to trying to make sense of spreadsheets, if you don't feel confident in your ability to understand what the figures are telling you, if you've got no clue where to start when it comes to writing a finance report, or if you feel you're stuck because you don't think you know enough about this to move to another role, then sign up to my Budget Setting and Monitoring Masterclass. Just check out my website or click the link in the show notes at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk and it will take you straight to the registration page. The Summit of CPD, the next date for the Masterclass is Tuesday the 17th of August. But for those of you listening to this episode after this date, the link in the show notes will remain live with details of upcoming dates to make sure that you don't miss out. And if you've got any questions for Sean or Marcus, their details are in the show notes too. Remember, this show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And if you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a review already. I read and I hugely appreciate every single one. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon.